Good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole and the senior pastor. It's good to see you. It's great to hear that popcorn just uh, crunching. That's good. You keep that going. And do they give you Coke, Diet Coke, Coke Zero? And No? We'll talk to the people about that then. We'll get that done for you. I love popcorn. Anybody else love going to the movies? I love going to the movies. Love going to the movies. Matter of fact, at, 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 y'all are really wrestling now. I hear it. All right. You know, like Marcus has the, 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 bu- the bucket that you can get, like the refill. I'm that guy. Uh, seriously. But I forget it half the time. And it's so expensive. But then I say to myself, self, you need some popcorn. And I say, yes, I do. And what's amazing, that big, large popcorn, don't get the small popcorn. Have you done the price on this stuff? It's a rip. Just get the big stuff, right? And if you get a Diet Coke, it cancels out the calories. I'm just, I'm just saying. So, again, welcome to Life Church and Life at the Movies. And so, Christmas at the Movies, actually. So, today, if you have your Bibles, turn with me with your greasy fingers. You just swipe on your, on your phone, whatever you need to do. But to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 3. And we're doing today on the Grinch. And this is just kind of a fun uh, series that we're going to be doing all the way through from now until Christmas Eve. And so, for some of you, you need church to really be serious and so we'll, we'll have serious moments, but we're just going to have a good time. And Christmas Eve will be classic as we always do. So hopefully you'll take that invite card and you'll invite somebody with you uh, to come with you to Christmas Eve. But uh, today I just want to talk to you about that Grinch factor. That heart is way too small. And I don't know if you feel this too, but like that whole Grinch issue is really rising in our society. It's just... And, and Christmas, it's crazy. Did anybody go black, black uh, shopping on Black Friday? Yeah, I don't ever do that, but this year I did. It was nuts, nuts. And I bought way more than what I planned on buying because it's 50% off. So I said to myself, self, it's like getting that Kohl's cash. You know, have you ever feel how they just kind of like get you going back? Yeah, it's, it's all a big scam. But anyhow, but I fell for it and all that kind of a deal. It was just crazy. Crazy, crazy. So out and about, though, one of the things I like to do is look at Christmas lights. So I'm going to show you the picture of this house. It's like over the top. So it's going to be up here on the screen. It was completely over the top. Just look at that. Like, I mean, just everything. They got, if you can't see it, but there's a little on the right-hand corner, there's a little nativity scene. So Jesus is in a corner, right? (laughs) They still got Jesus in all of that. And so, but if you go to the house, you can see the house to the right of it with the red roof. If you just go to the right of that. Now you'll see the neighbor, and here's what the neighbor thinks about their neighbor in the house. And this kind of, he's got a Grinch. Like, you know what I'm talking about? This house is actually for sale. Seriously, it, it was, we, were, we were driving around, it was on Zwillow, actually for sale, uh, pretty significant for sale, but, uh, but <laughs> there it is. And, and so anyhow, that just kind of, in my opinion, just kind of how our world, sometimes you got somebody who's all full of all this, this you know, tis the season and, and having a great time, and then you've got a neighbor next door that's just the Grinch. And the question I have for you today is, If those houses personify you, which are you? Are you a house that's just, man, I'm so excited about this time of the year. I'm just so excited about life. We're going to decorate. We're going to do all this. This is going to be the most wonderful time of the year. Are you the guy that just literally is like, no, this is horrible. This is the Grinch. This is, and how you look at life. Are you one of those people that, man, you're all in. Let's, let's just, let's just go for this. This is going to be great. Let's try this. Let's do this together. Or are you just kind of like, ugh. Really? Like this, you're just kind of the Grinch. Again, this isn't a question for me to 
answer. It's a question for you to answer about you. But here's what we know about this heart issue with the Grinch. We all have a heart problem. So if you're taking notes, you can write that down. We all have a heart problem. Every one of us are born this way. Every, born of, every one of us are born with this Grinch factor, if you would, this ability to be like the Grinch, to be that person that's just kind of, you know, it's kind of the Scrooge, it's kind of the bah humbug, just whatever. Paul writes in Romans chapter three, verse 23, he says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us, all of us have this issue in our heart. All of us have this issue in our life. All of us have this, this sin issue that just shrinks us down, that just makes our heart way smaller than what it's supposed to do, that just pushes in on us and, and all of this. Paul writes to, to Timothy, if you wanna turn there, you can, 2 Timothy chapter three, verses one through five. And it really kind of expands on this heart issue this heart issue, the heart problem that we all have. But we understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, verse three, heartless, there's that Grinch factor, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Does that not sound like the Grinch? It's the whole thing. And, 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 and the, the issue is, is that our hearts are, are either growing or our hearts are shrinking. Your heart is either growing or it's shrinking. And the only person that really knows this is you and the Lord. Now, other people may get glimpses of it, but the only person who really knows it is you and the Lord. Because if it's growing, your, your love for God is growing. Your, your care and your compassion for other people are growing. Your, your selflessness is growing and expanding. But if your heart is shrinking, it's more cold towards God. It's not where it used to be. I like to ask this question of myself from time to time. Has there ever been a time in my life that I was more red hot passionate for Jesus than I am now? If the answer is yes, there's been times in my life where I've been more red hot passionate for Jesus than I am now, then what needs to change? What happened? Sometimes it's just life. Sometimes it's just, it's just things that are happening. Sometimes we know, sometimes we just don't pay attention. But, but the reality is, is that there are these movements, there are these things in us that if we're not careful, we just, we lose that love for the Lord and we grow cold or a disregard for others. Right now, in our world, what's very interesting to me, our world, the world, not us, the church, but the world is really pushing an agenda of just acceptance, acceptance, acceptance. And, and I get where they're coming from. I mean, like the idea behind it is let's, let's just all get along. Let's just, let's have unity. Let's have, let's have peace. Let's just be kind. The, the, the problem is, is, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the more that gets pushed, the more headwinds there are against it and the more divisive it seems like our world gets. It, it feels like there's more talk about unity and we are more disunified than ever before. There's more talk about kindness and there's more hate that you see on the news than ever before. The, the, it's, it's, it's really weird to me. I mean, I literally was watching the news the other day and I just said, Lord, help me. What, 
what do I say to this? How do I lead in this? And the truth of the matter is, is that kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, Galatians chapter 5. So if it's a fruit of the Spirit of God, if you are devoid of the Spirit of God, therefore you have not the ability to, to truly possess. You can be nice, but kindness is a hard thing to come by. Compassion. It's, compassion, is, compassion is not just um, seeing someone in need. Compassion is doing something. It's, it's seeing it and it's doing something in that moment. Um, we were out Black Friday shopping and uh, we're walking into a store and it was this indoor-outdoor mall area. And all of a sudden, I don't quite see it, but there's a gentleman probably in his early 60s that just completely collapses. And, and he's profusely sweating and immediately it's like, what's going on? And everybody's just doing their deal. And Tammy and I weren't the only ones. We went over to him immediately, sir, are you okay? And I looked at the gentleman next to him, and neither one, the gentleman that, that, that had, had passed out and the gentleman next to him who did not know him, neither one of them, one spoke Portuguese, who's Brazilian, the other one spoke Spanish. I don't speak either one of those languages. You know, you okay, Royal Taco Bell? That's about as much Spanish as I get. I, I wish I could. I'm just not... I'm just not really that. And, and so I'm trying to, and, and thankfully, uh, uh, another couple came up and he was, a, he was a doctor and he spoke, he spoke Spanish and figured out what was going on. And da, 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 da. And, but we went and got water for him and just, and there were some people that were there, but I'm just looking at the thousands of people that are so busy with their shopping that here is this man collapsed. And I just think this is our world. There are hurting people. But how do you have compassion? The only way you have compassion is, is if God does something in your heart. Because we're all born. We're all born with this I, me, my, that our heart is too small type of Grinch mentality. And the question is, is your heart growing or is it shrinking? Is it more about others or about you? Is it about what you're getting? Because selfishness is a really nasty thing. Or is it selfless? Are, are you deferring to other people? And you go, well, what do we do in our world? Well, if the love of Christ is in you, then let that life change that's happening inside your heart, let that begin to show. Let the fruit of the Spirit take root in your life and produce kindness and produce peace and produce joy. These are things that the world cannot, they have, they have their counterfeits, but they can't produce. Produce those things and let that come out in you. So I let people walk all over me? Yeah, sometimes. Is that easy to do? Nope. I don't, it's not easy for me to do. Maybe it's easier for you to do. No, I, I, you cut me off and at some point I want to go, excuse me, hello, I'm right here. I'm a human being, right? And some of you are like, oh, I would never say that. Oh, I do. I, 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 you, you have no idea the craziness that goes on in my mind. Tammy's all the time going, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Because it's just like, well, hello, what, what's going on? Like, it's just... These are people, this is stuff, this is. But sometimes you just have to lower the RPMs. You gotta do a kind of a heart check. You might be a Grinch if you crave acceptance from people over God. You might be a Grinch if you're more selfish than selfless. How do I know that? You're gonna beat that person in that parking spot. You're not gonna hold the door open for somebody else. You're not gonna defer someone else. You're not gonna absorb you love to hate. I don't care how many, things that, how many things you're for 
in our world, if you're not careful, there's a lot of hatred going on. You live life like eternity doesn't exist. It really doesn't matter. People really don't matter. It really is not. You rarely share your faith in Christ. You don't give the grace of God enough credit. You abuse the grace of God as an allowance just to go sin and do what you want to do. You rely on your own ability rather than God's ability. You want the benefits of what God provides without the relationship that God requires. Tweet that out. You want the benefits without the relationship. Second statement when we talk about the Grinch is that Jesus came to transform our hearts. That's the good news. The good news is not just we get to go to heaven in the sweet by and by, and the good news is here in the here and the here and the now. Romans 5 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Leave that up on the screen just for a minute. While we were still sinners, Christ died. How does God demonstrate his love? Not just by the death of Jesus, not just by the resurrection, but the fact that he does it while we were still sinners. So when we're at our ugliest, when we're at our meanest, when we're at our most unkind moments, when we're neck deep in our sin and our degradation, when we are what Paul, we just read, excuse me, a minute ago, read in the book of Timothy about all of the sinful behaviors and activities. That's when God chose to love us. That's when God chose to step out and to say he came for us. See, Christianity is the only religion in the world where God comes with creation. Every other world religion, look at it up, research it, do all you want to do. Every other world religion requires that creation comes to the creator, that, that we the servants come to the master, that, that those of us, that we as humans go to whatever that deity or that God is and that we must appease him or appease her, except for Christianity. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus left the glory and the splendor of heaven and humbled himself in the form of a man and came to this earth and humbled himself and subjected himself to the very lowest of humanity and death, death on the cross. Why? Because God so loved you and me. Ephesians chapter two, verses one and two and through five says this, and you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world. Verse four, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love for which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. You see, de- dead people can't do anything for themselves. Dead people require something or someone else to breathe new life into them. And to follow Jesus, Christianity is not some behavior modification. It's not some add-on. It's not like getting heated seats or hitting steering wheel in your car. It's a true heart transformation. It means that God has done something new in us. It means that God took us from our death and our dead state, and he brought us back to life again. That's the reason why when Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the night and says, what do I have to do and how does this work? And he says, you must be 
born again. It's the only, only time that phrase is used in the Bible is when Jesus is talking with Nicodemus and he's talking about this transformation of the heart. You must be born again. First time you're born, you're, you're born of a natural birth, but the second time you're born of a spiritual birth because you're dead in your sins and transgressions. You're the Grinch. And until there becomes this heart transformation, until that happens, <laughs> you're lost. You're dead. You're sinning and you're dead because of that. And just let me stop here for just a moment. This is the reason why we as a church need to be so kind to the world in which we live in. Notice I use the word kind and not nice. Kind is a fruit of the spirit of God because the people that you see in the world, quote unquote, the people that have lost their minds, quote unquote, the people that are living debaucherous, sinful, hedonistic lifestyles, they're dead in their sins. They're dead in their trespasses. Just like you were, just like I was. Well, I never. <laughs> really? Really? For all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. There are none of us that are righteous, no, not one. And when we were in our sins, that's when God chose to die for us. So how should we treat other people? Treat them like it's like dead men walking, dead women walking. It's like these people are dead in their sins and they don't know another way out. They don't know another lifestyle. They don't know, and you know, but there's a church on every corner and they were raised and they should have. Yeah, but the lights have never come on. And maybe just maybe God's brought you along that path and along that person in order to let the light and the love of Jesus Christ show into their life. Because again, they're, they're a total Grinch. They're, their heart is way too small. And what they need is not just a behavior modification. They don't need to just come to church. They need to have a true transformation of the heart. Third statement, my final statement, is that life change starts with heart change. Life change always starts with heart change. You don't start on the externals and work your way in. It starts here. You don't act yourself to a new way, you start here. Romans 10 verse nine says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Real simple. How do I have this heart, this, this heart change? How do I have this life change? How do I get rid of the Grinch? How do I let my heart grow? I'm so glad you asked that question. You confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart. Confessing with your mouth, what you're doing is you're coming in agreement with God's word. You are verbally coming into agreement with God's word. You're verbally coming into agreement with what God's word says. God, I believe that you love me so much that you gave your one and only son, Jesus. That sacrifice of perfection, he who knew no sin became sin for me so that I might become the righteousness of God. And I accept the fact that Jesus, you love me enough that you left the glory and the splendor of heaven. You came to this earth. You, met, you, you came in the form of a man, 100% man, 100% God. You lived this worth on this earth. You, you, you walked this earth. You lived this life without sin. You died on the cross for my sins and you rose from the grave, just like the Bible says. And I come into agreement that I believe in you. I believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Confession. Well, I just don't, and that's a bit radical. Let me tell you what's radical. I wish I had the picture. I have it on my phone, but I don't have it. Uh, I don't have it prompted. But I'm just thinking. So, yesterday, I mean, we yesterday we were traveling back here, and we were in the, in the airport. And I've seen this in other parts of the world. 
um, especially in Middle Eastern countries or in Africa, uh, uh, but, but not a lot in the U.S. But it was the call to prayer time for Muslims. And we're getting ready to, we had just dropped off the, the car at the car rental. We're on our way with our bags going to go and going to the elevators with all of our bags. And there's a gentleman. He's not doing anything. He's not, he's not in anybody's business, but he has found himself. He's put his prayer rug out. He's facing towards Mecca. And he is in his prayers, as is his custom with his Muslim faith. Shoes off, the whole deal. In the rental car center, Thanksgiving weekend. And I got a picture. Because here's the thing. You want to talk about bold? You want to talk about, I don't care what anybody else believes? You want to talk about, there's only one way to my God? And, and according to scripture, I didn't write the book. Don't email me. Email rcoggins at lifechurchwi.com. It's more than just confession and believing. He's, what if I said, hey, at this time every day, I need you to get a prayer rug and I need you to, I don't care where you are, I just need you to stop and do that. I mean, I've been on airplanes where this has happened before internationally. I've been in places where there's a call to prayer and you hear it going out and, and you're the only one that's standing up and you can just, and this is U.S. God bless America, Right? And I just sit there and just think, what boldness. And, and that's for a God that doesn't hear him. Whoa, I can't believe he would say that. I, Jesus said, he's the way, the truth, and life. There's no man gets to the Father except through the Son. I didn't write the book. But Jesus says this. Paul writes right here what we're writing about is we have to at some point say, you know what? I have to, in my relationship with Christ, if I'm truly going to have heart change, I've got to be that bold. I've got to be bold enough that I'm going to verbally confess with my mouth who Jesus is. I, I, I may not have to stop everybody at, lunch time, at the lunch break and, and have my prayer time, but I, I'm, going to, I'm, I'm going to do this. I, I, I'm going to confess with my mouth. I'm going to come into agreement with this. And I'm just saying, what I'm, what I'm saying to, to you today is this, is we live in a world that doesn't care anymore about what you believe or what you think or what your Christian traditions are, even in America. We live in a world where our faith, I thought, what was that? Was that the trumpet of the Lord? Some of y'all were getting, amen, that was just Burlington Railroad, but some of y'all thought, oh Jesus, forgive me right now, amen, I'm ready to go. Um, the truth of the matter is, is that, is that it requires something of us that I don't think 20 years ago it required. Because I, I think 20 years ago, it was a lot more accepted of what we believe and how we believe it. And today, as we get into our world, it's really getting to a place where it's requiring something of us. It's requiring us to be bold. It's requiring us to teach our children boldness. My kids were with me and I, I told them, I said, do you understand what that is? It's, and I explained the whole process. This is the reason why it's so important that we live our lives for Christ. Don't be mean to that individual. Don't, we're, not, we're not mean. They're dead and lost in their transgressions. That's just the way we are. I actually kind of admire the boldness 
of someone that's willing to live in a particular manner that may fly itself in the face of conventional wisdom. But when I read scripture, there's the same level of commitment, even more so, that's asking and required of me. And what does that mean? Does that mean that I, that I go and tell that gentleman, you can't do that? No, 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 this is a free country. You can do whatever you wanna do. Do, 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 I, do I try to do something that would discriminate or, 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 or heckle? Or, no, 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 that's, that's unkind. No, 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 no. We, we don't see that in scripture. What do I do? My heart breaks. Does it get on that elevator? Because I just think, man, when I was a kid, my dad would have never had, that, had to have that conversation with me. As a Christian pastor, I ask myself, am I doing enough to make a difference in my world? Because it feels like right now we're not growing. Are we really living a life for Jesus that's so contagious that people that are far away from God when they're dead in their sins and their transgressions, just like we were, they see the life and the hope of Jesus Christ? How big are our hearts? Not just around the, not just around the world, but around the corner. He says, you got to confess with your mouth. You come into an agreement. You believe in your heart. This is you, you place a deep-rooted confidence in. Saving faith is not a mere intellectual agreement, but it's a deep inward trust in Christ at the very core of our own heart. Matthew chapter 4, verse 16 says, The people living in darkness have seen a great light, and on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. In the dark is where sin thrives, but in the light is where sin dies. I love what Paul writes, Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter what creed or what tradition you were raised in. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord is saved. Saved. So how's your heart today? Is it good? Got a big heart? Or is it just one or two or three sizes too small? Are you in right relationship with the Lord? What do you mean, Aaron? I mean, have you done what Romans 10, 9 says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord? If you haven't, in the next couple of moments, I just encourage you just to do that and just say, Jesus, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you're Lord. What, what does that do, Aaron? That just simply says that I'm accepting what Jesus Christ did on the cross, died for my sins, all that I've been preaching about today. And come into my heart, come into my life and it changes me. Many of you in this room, you've done that. How's your heart? Proverbs says, above all things, guard your heart because out of your heart flows the issues of life. Every issue that you face and I face in our world does not originate from externals. It's always internal. It starts in the heart. That explosive anger begins in the heart. That illicit affair began in the heart. That addiction that now holds you and it feels like it's got you in its grip began in your heart heart. The heart is a very powerful thing. That's the reason why Jesus says, I want you to believe in your heart that I'm Lord.
I don't need you just to believe in your finances. I don't need you just need to believe in your time. I need you to believe in your heart. I don't want to be Lord over this, that, and the other. I want to be Lord of your heart. And if you're not a Christ follower, <coughs> excuse me, and today you want to become a Christ follower, you just simply say, Jesus, I confess you as Lord and I believe in my heart that you are Lord. Come into my heart. And he will. And if you're here today and you go, man, Aaron, I'm, I'm a long way from that. That's okay. That's okay. Man, Aaron, I was okay until you talked about somebody else of a different faith. And, and you basically said that person is dead in their sins and their transgressions. And so how does that, how, how can you make that statement? Well, I can't, but the Bible does. Because it says there's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father except through the Son. I'll never forget having a conversation with a, with a Jewish man that attended our, our, our Germantown campus. It's many years ago. And little did I know, he had had a, quite a history of, 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 of some very prolific Christian leaders in the Milwaukee community that had witnessed to him and that had, had been sowing seed and watering that seed all along. And he came in to church through a handful of events. And I'll never forget the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart and saying, you need to go talk to Tom and you need to, you, you need to present this to Tom. And Tom is not, and he's not in right relationship with me. And this man is well older than I am. He's my dad, was my dad's age at, at the time. And, and, uh, and was a pretty big guy in the, in the finance community. And so I called him and just said, Tom, I know you've been coming to the church for a while and, and we've been together and I've been in a couple of places with you, but I'd just like to have lunch with you. So we went downtown Milwaukee, uh, Elsa's on the main right there and just had hamburgers. He looked at me and said, kid, what do you want? He said, my business partner says that, uh, that, that God's got my number and that you're here to kind of collect. And I said, well, I don't know about that, but I can't get away from this, Tom. Where are you with Jesus? He said, kid, you, you, I'm Jewish. I mean, <laughs> we came up with this concept many years before you Christians came up on it. And he said, I, I just don't understand. I, I'm, I'm right with the father. Why do I have to deal with the son? Why not just go right to the top of the deal? I'll never forget that conversation. I just said, man, Tom, I don't want to offend you. But this is what the Bible says. This is it. I believe the Jewish people are our chosen people. You're, 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 there is, there's very clear evidence in scripture that, you, that that relationship is there. We're only here as Gentiles because we've been grafted into the vine according to Galatians. But you are God's people and the promises are yes and amen from Abraham and Isaac and Jacob all the way through. And Tom, you can't get to the Father if you don't go through the Son. That's what your New Testament says, he said to me. I said, yes, sir. You believe that? Yes, sir. So you believe unless I give my heart and life to Jesus Christ, I am not saved. My eternity is in jeopardy. I said, I'm not your judge, but according to God's word, that's what it would indicate very strongly, yes. Huh. We ended 
be several weeks later and we would be in a Sunday morning service like this. Tom would have been on the second row and I did an altar call. And he raised his hand for salvation. I remember pulling the microphone away, going, looking at him, saying, do you understand what you're doing? I mean, everybody's had their eyes, have your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Let's have reverence for people. Tom, do you get these? Are you sure? Yeah. I did Tom's funeral. Knowing, man, I'll never forget that day going to Elsa's and having lunch with him and going, who am I? How do I say this? How does this come across where it's kind, it's not mean, it's not Bible thumping and, and, and evangelical pastoral, it's just the love of God. I'll tell you how, because my heart was right. And God was working on Tom's heart. And I was just one small part of that equation. See, the enemy of our soul wants to just say, man, there's gotta be multiple ways. There's gotta be, no, 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 no. Heart change only comes one way. It's through Jesus. It's not through church. It's not through a pastor or through a priest. It's not through religion. It's through relationship with Jesus Christ. So in this season, two things. How's your heart with Jesus? And secondly, when you walk around and you go around and you do what you're doing and you see people that look like they have lost their way, remember the love that the Father has for them. Remember they're dead in their transgressions. Remember that was you before you invited Jesus in. And let the compassion and the kindness of the love of God fill your heart and change you. Maybe it's praying for them. Maybe it's an act of kindness. Maybe it's just a gut check for you that the Holy Spirit uses to say, are you right? But let us not be Grinches. Let our hearts not be one, two, three sizes too small, but let our hearts be full and big to Christ. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you today that you love us while we were yet sinners is when you died for us. And I just pray in these few moments, the band's gonna come, they're gonna sing a great song. And we're gonna, we're gonna go about our, our day today. But I just pray, Lord, that we just stop just for a moment. And Lord, if there's anyone that's here today that's not right with you, they don't have a personal relationship with you, Jesus. Let them simply do what Romans 10, nine says. Confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord. Lord, if there's anyone that's here today and they're just struggling, they're on that journey, I pray, Holy Spirit, you do the work. I'm not their judge, I'm not their jury. Lord, you are. And I pray let every one of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, Lord, let us make sure that our hearts are full and robust. If there's any sin, if there's anything in us, Lord, forgive us. Let us confess that and forgive us and help us. I pray in this season to remember that God, you loved us. Emmanuel, God is with us. And you came to change our hearts and to set us free.
thank you for that freedom today, Jesus. Thank you for that victory today, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.